Hello, everybody. We got David Bird in the house. And, man, we got to talk. First of all, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, Ted DiBiase came over to NXT. To, yep. he, he talked to, talk to L.A. Knight. He talked to uh, Cameron Grimes. I, I yep. need one of y'all to defend the Million Dollar Legacy. Okay, I know where he's going with this. And so he talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. So let's get to the point. So he cast a briefcase, briefcase, briefcase in the, on this, or whatever he called it, on that little podium there. Opens it up, and guess what's inside? A million-dollar championship. That's not all. That's not all. They're going to have ourselves a ladder match. Get this. I ain't never in my life seen this in all the years I've watched wrestling. Past 28 years, I ain't never seen a golden ladder. That's right. We're going to have a ladder match for the million-dollar championship. Yeah, I've never seen a ladder match for the Million Dollar Championship. So uh, add that to our NXT uh, takeover in your house, too. Yeah. Well, so we got a Fatal Five-Way match and now a ladder match. Mm-hmm. It's funny to me, like ironic funny. All of a sudden, WWE wants to recognize the Million Dollar Championship belt. Now, if you remember from the '80s, David, you would know because you was there in that in that era. Uh, the million dollar championship was never recognized by the company because it was designed specifically for uh, Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. So we the might. The title was used a couple of times by a couple of people. It's been defended a couple of times. Uh, DiBiase, who has defended the championship a few times in the '80s. Uh, he defended it against Jake Roberts once, I remember. Mm-hmm. He defended it against Virgil at one time and lost. You know, Virgil had the title. I remember even Stone Cold Steve Austin had the title for a bit. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget his son, Ted Jr., had the belt for a, a, a while. Mm-hmm. And Gold does have possession of it, but he was never... Oh, well, he stole it, but... Yeah. Ted Jr. got it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it's been it's been since uh, 2010 we've seen that title mm-hmm. in television. You know, every time we see the title, it looks just as nice as the last time we saw it on television. Now, all you young folks, and, all you young folks have never seen this how it looks. Check this out. It's a solid gold championship belt. With diamonds on the side, forming the money sign, and it's solid pure gold. Absolutely, that's one belt you need to take care of. The belt is valued at over a million dollars. And one time, Ted DiBiase's own lips, his own story, he lost. He almost lost it. That is true. Yeah, he took it to um. To school for show and tell. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Ted Senior. Oh. Uh, yeah, the Hall, the Hall of Fame speech. He mentioned he almost lost it. He was traveling somewhere and he had in the briefcase and he was almost gone. I thought he was going to tell the other story. I just 
told, yeah. where his son took the belt without telling his daddy uh-huh. and took it to school to show and tell. <laughs> Knowing that his dad had to go on the road the next day and his belt, well, his dad's looking for the belt all over the house, and there was he text. Wow. Like, where's the belt? Where's the belt? I can't find the belt. Oh, I took it to school, Dad. To show and tell. You did what? <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened with that story. Well, wouldn't you do the but, same? Uh, of course. I would have <laughs> damn near had a heart attack. I'm talking about taking the belt to school. If you were in Ted, Ted Junior's shoes. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely would. I'm like, how often do you see a championship belt like that? You're a wrestling fan. Your dad's a wrestler. Once lifetime opportunity for some old people, take take advantage of it. I definitely yeah, would. That, well, I believe NXT TakeOver in your house is this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned the infamous Fatal Five-Way match for the NXT title Kevin Cross defending against Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunk, Colorado, and Adam Cole. I give um, uh, Kevin Cross some credit. I admire his confidence taking on all four guys at once. And you know, his title's in serious jeopardy. Oh, hell yeah. But I'm, I admire his confidence because I would not ask for a match like that. If it was me, I would not do that. I know Zion Lee will also face uh, Mercedes Martinez at TakeOver. First of all, we got to talk. We gotta, I got I to gotta interject right quick. Uh, uh, the girl, uh, Poppy, she's stowing your heart wheels, man. Oh, I, I saw a clip of that. I mean, she's beautiful and everything. You don't go around stealing people, man, Poppy. I'm just saying, girl. Yeah, what was up with that? Well, she didn't really steal her, man. But yeah, it was a nice. He came. He had came up. Came. Uh, what, what, what's that dude name? Uh, uh, Dexter Woman. Dexter came up with a nice picture. Poppy saw it. She liked it a little bit. Gave him a little hug. And he probably saw. Way too into that, but I didn't see nothing in the You gave him a little hug, nice picture, thank you very much. But Indy, Indy got issues, so yeah. Wow. Mm. Poor baby. What about, I believe Raquel Gonzalez is also defending the NXT Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. I think it's Ember Moon, if my number is correct. So that's another match uh, added to our takeover, which I believe is this Sunday. Peacock of WWE Network. Speaking of pay-per-views, not forgetting mention Kenny Omega's got a big date later on this month, I believe. The 21st of June, uh, against all odds, he will defend the Impact World Championship against the number one contender, Moose. Moose is going to challenge for the championship. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
the Impact Championship or the doggone TNA title that they keep dragging around? Yeah, there's no point in even having that belt anymore. Um, even Impact Wrestling themselves have just has uh, thrown away TNA, so there's no reason to have that belt. Right. Uh, anyway, here are some of the matches. You have Kenny Omega versus Moose. Bengals match and tag world championship. Uh, Satoshi Kojima will face Joe Daring. Deanna Peraza will face Rose. Happy birthday, Deanna. Huh? Happy birthday. It's her birthday today. Oh, well, happy birthday to her. Well, she's going to defend the Women's Championship against Rosemary. Yeah. Violent by Design will defend the Tag Team titles against Decay. Uh, Rich Swan will battle W. Morrissey, formerly known as Big Cass in WWE. Katie Williams, Troy Miguel, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Roy Roger will battle in a fatal five-way X Division match. The winner will become number one contender for the X Division Championship. And Fire and Flavor will defend the tag team titles, women's tag team titles, against Kimberly and Susie. Aww. You gotta love Susie. Who don't love Susie? Oh, I'm not a big Susie fan. <laughs> Well, I do like to see y'all. You do realize... Never mind. In the same... Well, <laughs> I never really cared much for the... the, uh, Susie character. Mm-hmm. But, man, do I love Rosemary. Speaking of champions, I gotta say... Congratulations to Camille. Camille is the new NWA Women's Champion. She defeated Serena Deeb at the NWA pay-per-view last Sunday. Well, congrats for her. Uh, Nick Aldis got in trouble Murdoch for the NWA Championship. That match ended in, ended in a DQ, so Aldis is still the NWA Champion. Uh-huh. Also, Aaron Stevens and J.R. Curtis defeated the War Kings in strictly business to retain the NWA Tag Team titles in a triple threat match. J.T. defeated Fred Walker, formerly known as Baron Young in the WWE. Of course, Tyrus, formerly known as Brodus Clay in WWE, defeated the Pope formerly known as Elijah Burke in WWE. And you have La Rebellion Amira, Rico Wolf, Bestia 666, The End, Marshall Rocket, Salvano, and Sam Ruto was all defeated in a fatal four-way tag match. Some of the uh, results from the NWA when Shadows Fall pay-per-view. And last Sunday on pay-per-view, good show. I got to see most of it. Only two matches I didn't see were the first two matches, but the show was pretty damn good. 
Mm. You know, I love what Billy Corgan has done with the NWA, giving it that old school, traditional 70s, 80s, early 90s studio feel, which is awesome. They have a mate. Oh, I almost forgot to mention, speaking of the NWA, Mickey James, who made her debut this past Tuesday, uh, the NWA will be doing an all-women's show, and they're going to crown a tournament, and the winner of the tournament will be uh, the number one contender for the NWA Women's Championship, Mickey James. Mm-hmm. who will be heavily involved with the show, and she will be wrestling occasionally. So, looks like she joined her husband in the NWA. Oh, that's sweet. So, Mickey James is in the NWA. Now, uh, I was asked this by someone, and I'm going to answer this question. Now, um, I was asked, why did Mickey James appear on the NWA? when she can't be anywhere for 90 days. Well, technically, the 90-day period is only for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Any person that leaves the WWE cannot get physical or and they cannot wrestle for 90 days. That's three months. They can appear. They can appear and make their debut on any indie show or any wrestling company as long as they don't get physical which is the reason why she appeared on television. Why is that? I don't know why they made that rule. Well, he made that rule. That's been from WWE for you. Even when you don't work there and you leave a company, they still have you by the balls. Yeah, because technically... You can't wrestle for anybody for anywhere for three months once you leave. Because technically, even after that, let's say years from down the road, you're, uh... Intellectual property. I'm, yeah, that's yeah. right. You're and they all know not to do that because they can potentially get sued. Yeah. That, you know, I remember um, Rob Van Dam, when he last left WWE, he appeared at an indie show uh, two weeks later. And everybody was expecting him to wrestle, but he didn't wrestle. He was there signing autographs. He couldn't even get physical. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why. Which is the reason why Andrade appeared on uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get physical. He didn't touch anybody. Didn't... Yeah, that's the reason. Andrade, who's not only employed with AEW, he's also a part of a AAA promotion in Mexico, which AEW has a partnership with. And Kenny Omega will face Andrade at the uh, Triple Mania pay-per-view for the AAA world title. And Triple Mania is basically AAA's version of um, WrestleMania. That's their biggest show of the year. And we don't know exactly who's next in line for the AEW championship. Mm-hmm. But we do know 
exactly who he's going to get in the ring with. We know he has a moose out against all odds. Impact title. Of course, I just mentioned he has him drawn here at Triple Mania. And it's interesting that things are starting to um, straighten up in terms of uh, shows and concerts and Broadway plays and things of that nature. A lot of uh, entertainment venues are starting to reopen. Some uh, are now doing full capacity. Some, not all, it's basically half and half. Some are doing limited capacity and some are doing full capacity. Me, personally, I think they should keep it at limited capacity for now. It's too early to be doing full. But um, I don't know if you heard the news that uh, some, not, yeah, SummerSlam will be in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Saturday night. And a stadium there in uh, Las Vegas. I forgot the name of the stadium. Allegiant, I think. Gonna be, it's going to be a stadium show. Is there from the from the Alliance Alliance Allegiant Alliance? Uh, I want to say Allegiant Stadium. We're on the street. Is uh, Cardi B will be hosting? I, 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 I knew it was Reliant something. I forgot the other name. Yeah. But it's going to be a stadium show on a Saturday. Uh, I believe this is the first time they're going to have a SummerSlam on Saturday. I know they did do a SummerSlam on a Monday one. When was this? Uh, uh, back in 1992 when they were in uh, England. Yeah, I remember. Stadium. Gotcha. That summer slam was on a Monday. Remember, back then there wasn't a Raw. Oh, shit. Back then I wasn't even born. Uh, I was a year old, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Raw didn't start until the year after. This is back in 1992. Raw mm-hmm. started in 93, so at the time, there was no Raw. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's been occasions where WWE has done shows on different days. Remember the uh, Taboo Tuesdays they did in 2004 and 5? Of course, we had the Tuesday in Texas State Review in 1991. As I mentioned before, SummerSlam 92 was on a Monday. Uh, of course, the two-night WrestleMania they did. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a first. To the best of my knowledge, this is going to be a first, a Saturday pay-per-view. Which, I'm not going to count the WrestleMania as being two nights. Uh, and AC Taker was on Saturdays at one point in time. Who? And you remember you remember takeover from NXT? He was be on Saturday night. Yeah, but that yeah. wasn't a pay per view. What you mean on a pay per view? That was a uh, live WWE Network exclusive special. I. You talking about Willis? Hmm. But yes, it's going to be on a Saturday, so that's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. So. Everybody has to remember, mark their calendars, mark their phones, do what they need to do, and remember that it's going to be Saturday, not Sunday, like every other pay-per-view. Because I can see people making that mistake and forgetting Saturday and try and attempt to watch it on Sunday, and then it's not on. You're going to be like, wait a minute, what happened? Nothing on. Say, oh, shucks, it's yesterday it came on. 
that's the beauty of the man, though. But you want to watch it live. Yeah, I remember doing that once back in the old WCW days. They had a pay-per-view called um, Road Wild, uh, which was on a Saturday. The reason the pay-per-view was on a Saturday is because the pay-per-view took place during the uh, the uh, Sturgis, South Dakota motorcycle rally. This Bischoff was a motorcycle nut, so that's how that pay-per-view came about. Which was stupid because they never drew or made any money for the pay-per-view. But they mm-hmm. did waste a lot of money doing the show. And they did it for four years in a row. 96 to 99. Wow. Man, the attractive thing about that, they used to have all the bikers, well, most of the bikers uh, near the ringside and stuff. And their bikes going off and stuff like, bro, I can't hear the, I can't even pay attention to the match because y'all cars too loud. I'll tell you what, it did look good on television. Um, you know, the whole presentation of it, you know, to have that, that sky view, being in a helicopter and having a camera look down at the rain and the, and the crowd with all their motorcycles and them honking their horns and, uh-huh. and um, rubbing their engines, like the visual was cool. But the show, not so much. You know, I heard people talk about it like a bunch of wrestlers years later. A lot of people didn't like wrestling there. You know, a lot of the bikers were drunk and disrespectful. And then there was nowhere to change and shower because they were outside. Which was interesting to hear. So, hey, hold up. I remember. So, you telling me. I remember. I'm sorry. You telling me uh, there was no no locker room or nothing like that? No, because they're in the middle of nowhere and it doesn't. How did how did they change their gear? I know some of them had trailers to like transport everything, like the ring and the entrance stuff and things of that nature. But yeah, that's what a lot of the wrestlers said. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of the wrestlers didn't like it. I remember Booker T telling the story. About how um, I forgot I forgot which year it was. It might have been '97. Him and Stevie Ray Russell, and they were the only two black guys on the show. Of course, them being brothers, you know, some of the bikers were drunk and they were throwing rocks at them the entire match. Oh wow! Which yeah, that was an interesting story. But Stevie Ray got so upset at work party, he wanted to go up to one of the guys and beat the tar out of one of them and Booker had to calm him down was like well you can't do that two reasons we're doing a show and we're on pay-per-view and And the other hang on say say again no he had to calm him down because they were in the middle of the match they're live on pay-per-view they had to be a professional and if you go out there and beat one of them up, we're going to get killed. We're going to get jump, jumped. Uh-huh. You know, you got racist, drunk motorcycles. I mean, motorcycle drivers throwing rocks at you. I mean, I can't blame you for being pissed, but at the same time, I don't know. That had to be very hard. I don't know what I would have done if I was in that situation. Yeah. 
you know, you're out there, you're rustling for like 10, 15 minutes, and you're having rocks going at you the entire time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting when you hear stories like that from other wrestlers. That's why I like watching shoot interviews and shows like Dark Side of the Rain because they tell you things. You know, they get to talk about things they, they can't talk about while working for another company. Because if someone wants to ask you a certain question, you can't answer it because you're working for a certain company, so you can only say and answer certain things. Uh-huh. Like, like, I don't know, if you're interviewing Kenny Omega, he's not going to tell you certain stuff because he doesn't want to affect his job, so... He has to protect himself and his company he's working for. Now, when you're not working for anybody and you ain't got no one to answer to, then you can say whatever the hell you want and get asked any questions. Sure, okay. So, yeah, those types of interview shows are a bit better when, those, when they're talking to people who are not working for anybody. See Dark Side of the Ring. There's a new episode tonight, right after this at 8 o'clock on Vice. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Last one was quite interesting. I did see the, the, uh, the uh, one with Jake Roberts' father. Mm-hmm. Jake Roberts' father. Of course, his three kids, all of them ended up becoming wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Jake Rabbit, Sam Houston, his sister Rock and Rocker. So, um, he's a second generation wrestler, had an interesting life. To be honest, Jake shouldn't even be alive right now. It's amazing that he's alive after all the things and all the drugs that he's done. Bro, it's a miracle that man's still even breathing right now. Yeah, remember, he's attempted to kill himself multiple times by taking certain drugs. He was like, screw it, I'm done. He was like, I'm going to get help and get clean. I'm still alive for a reason. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Go and show him over here. While he's doing that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, that should be an interesting one. Yes, sir. Well, while you take care of that, David, I want you, I want you guys to know Father's Day's coming up, and if your dad likes wrestling or not, to get something for yourself. Use the word POPS in all caps at WrestleTracks.com. Say 12 bucks. You get 12 bucks off. Use the code POPS, P-O-P-S, in all caps. Well, I have to spell something. I have to spell that something wrong with you. Get 12 bucks off when you use the word POPS at WrestleTracks.com. You got now until Father's Day. Uh. Man, that's that's a cool thing to do. Especially the dad's a wrestling fan. What better gift than to give him something from wrestling? Or to take him to a show. Yes, sir. You know, AEW's gonna be back on the road, WWE's gonna be back on the road. So, um, you can attend wrestling shows, some, not all. Um, I do know that AEW, well, in terms of here in the, here in the States, AEW and WWE are the only two companies on the road doing shows.